this would be a lovely Easter Sunday and that we would really get a chance to connect to you through each other. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sophia. Awesome job. Fantastic. Wow. I dedicated that girl. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So today's Easter, of course, and it's also our 30th birthdays we've been hearing. And I find that in our culture, Easter is really confusing to a lot of people because, uh, it, you know, Christmas, there doesn't seem to be any ambiguity. I mean, even St. Nicholas, at least he was a follower of Jesus, right? So there's some kind of consistent, but like eggs, Easter bunny, and resurrection, and chocolate, and like, how does it all fit? And uh, we're trying to figure out... Uh, where the Easter Bunny comes from, and this was one the theory uh, of the origin of the Easter Bunny. What do you think? <laughs> anyway, or maybe not. Okay, so I'll leave that up there because I enjoy that for a bit, but in case I get boring. So for me, Easter is, is, is about being shown, each of us, how, how loved we are. Um, uh, this is an intergenerational service, but a few weeks ago it was not, and I felt really bad because all the kids missed my story about Larry. And i got to tell you about Larry. Larry's a cat in my neighborhood, lives around the corner. He's the nicest cat I've ever met. And I know his name is Larry because he told me. He came up, put his head up, and I saw this beautiful collar, and hanging from it was a tag that said, Larry. So I knew he introduced himself. Uh, this was a few years ago, and he's a remarkable cat, because almost every day, if it's nice out, he comes and greets me. He's on my prayer walk route and my running route that I take from my house to Trout Lake or wherever I'm going. And he comes in and says hi to me with a really nice meow, and, and he waits for his scratch and a pet. And so I almost always stop and, and give it to him, even if I feel like I've got a busy day and I don't have time. He's, I, I just can't afford not to stop and connect with Larry. And he's such a beautiful, he's a beautifully colored cat. And yesterday I was walking and I couldn't see him anywhere. And there was this pile of leaves right by me as I'm walking on the side. And all of a sudden, the leaves started meowing at me. And I went, what? And then I realized he was camouflaged. He was laying on top of the leaves, but his coloring was camouflaged into the leaves. And I, I almost missed him. But he wasn't going to miss me. He wanted his pet. So, but it was such a beautiful day. You remember yesterday, it was pretty sunny. It was warm. He was enjoying the rays. And he didn't want to make the effort to come to me, but he was letting me know he was there. So I had to go over there. And it was so cute because I'm petting him and he's kind of rolling around in the leaves. It was so cute. And uh, I'm going to bring a picture one day. you got to meet him. And um, so Larry is so popular. I thought that it was just me. But he's so popular in the neighborhood that all the, like the kids going to Templeton High School stop and connect with him. And, you know, these big dogs go by and he just doesn't, doesn't even care. And he'll jump across the street and come and say hi to me sometimes. And he's so popular that there's this roundabout right on the corner where he lives 
And they built, somebody built him this little house right on the roundabout. And Banana is the other cat. Banana's pretty nice too, but he's being discipled by Larry. He's kind of on the journey to being nice. But anyway, they're both, both pretty cute cats. So somebody built a, a house, and these are my granddaughters, Elena and Hannah. We were going out to find Larry. This was on our, our search for him. If he knows you're looking for him, he'll usually come out. He'll find you. But what showed me about, so what this, this story tells me is that Larry is loved. Why is he such a warm and outgoing and friendly cat? It's because somebody's really loved this cat. And I, I told that story a couple weeks ago because the vision and goal of our church, somebody says, what's our vision? What's our five-year plan? What are we, what's our strategy? What are we going to do? Our vision is that we love well, that we love God, we love others, love each other, and we love the world around us, and we do that well. And I don't, I mean, I want to see people saved, and I want to see growth, and I love all those good things, but they are secondary to the fact if we haven't loved well, then we've missed it. And the way that we love well is we know that we're loved. And we feel loved. It's hard to love if you don't feel loved. Sometimes I don't feel loved, and I choose to love anyway, but it's harder. You know? God wants you to feel loved. He doesn't want you to just know in your head that you're loved. He wants you to feel loved. And that's what Easter is all about. So we're going to look at that a bit today. And uh, we're kind of connecting with the orange curriculum that the kids have been going through at Easter time, through this Easter month. And their theme this month is Bright Side, Finding the Light in the Dark. It's about knowing no matter how dark things are in our lives, we are loved and therefore we have light and hope. And our theme today is hope, believing that something good can come out of something bad. Now, what would an IG service be without the so-and-so show? Now, these guys are anointed in cheese. Cheesy, cheesy, cheesy. And today was especially cheesy, but hey, it's Easter. So let's enjoy the so-and-so show. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Happy Easter, everybody. People, I'm John. And I'm Brandon, and you are tuned in to the So-and-So Show. John, why don't you tell everyone why you are dressed so brightly? Because it's Easter! Yeah! 
So I'm guessing for you, it's a tradition to get dressed up on Easter. Oh, you bet it is. Yeah, this baby's been hanging in my closet all year, just waiting for this day to be worn by moi. And you wear it well. Thank you. John, do you ever wonder what kind of Easter traditions other people have? Every day. Well, you're in luck, because today we're going to explore Easter around the world. In Bermuda, they celebrate Easter by eating hot cross buns. All right. Hot cross buns, Ooh. hot cross buns. One a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. Everybody, hot cross buns, hot cross buns. You know this one, come on, sing it. Did you just make that up? No, it's very famous. These guys know it. No, sing along, everybody, come on. Hot cross buns, hot cross buns. Give them to your daughters, give them to your sons. One a penny, two. Just forget it. Done! Let's eat! All right. Come on in. Yeah, come on, crew. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know it. Hot cross buns, you know it. Oh. They didn't leave us one. Oh. Those are hot! Those are hot! In Norway, people read mystery novels on Easter. <laughs> Who do you think did it? Butler. It's always the butler. Guys. Hey, Kellen. Hey, how do you celebrate Easter, Kellen? Well, I go to church with the fam, and afterwards, if the weather is right, we go out and fly kites. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So, no egg fights? Don't? Um, no. But how we celebrate Easter isn't as important as why we celebrate. And that's the story I'm telling today. Lights. After they had celebrated the Passover feast, Jesus and 11 of his disciples crossed the Kidron Valley into the garden. The 12th disciple, Judas, was there as well, but he came to betray Jesus. 
Judas led a group of soldiers and officials to take Jesus by surprise and arrest him. But Jesus knew everything that was going to happen to him. Who do you want? Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. When Jesus said that, the soldiers fell to the ground. If you're looking for me, then let these men go. No! One of the disciples, Peter, drew his sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Put your sword away. Shouldn't I drink the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So Jesus was arrested, tied up, and taken to be questioned. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, but here is what I say to you. From now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One. He has spoken a very evil thing against God. He must die. Meanwhile, just outside, Peter had questions of his own to answer. You aren't one of Jesus' disciples, too, are you? Uh, no. No. I am not. Three times Peter denied knowing Jesus. Jesus was then brought before the Roman governor, Pilate. I find no basis for any charge against this man. Crucify so Jesus was sentenced to be crucified. The soldiers took charge of him, and Jesus was made to carry his own cross. They walked to a place called Golgotha, or the skull. They nailed Jesus to the cross. The soldiers played a game to decide who would get Jesus' clothes. I am thirsty. It is finished. After he drank from the sponge that was offered to him, Jesus bowed his head and died. Jesus' body was taken down. He was wrapped in strips of cloth, and then he was buried in a tomb, a large stone covering the entrance. All hope was lost. And then, on the third day, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Peter and John ran to see if what Mary Magdalene had told them was true. They found the stone rolled away from the entrance, and more importantly, there was no body on the inside. Jesus was gone. Confused by what it all meant, Mary stood by the tomb and cried. <laughs> Woman. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? At first, Mary didn't recognize the man who was speaking to her. She thought it was the gardener. Sir, did you carry him away? Tell me where you put him, then I will go and get him. Mary. And then she knew. It was Jesus. He wasn't dead. His body wasn't missing. 
He was standing right in front of her. He was alive. Teacher. Go to those who believe in me. Tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And they were amazed. That story is why we celebrate Easter. It's why we can have hope no matter what happens. Because Jesus was dead and now he's alive. He's more powerful than anything, even death itself. What do you guys think about that? That's awesome, Kellen. No wonder people celebrate this day all over the world. I know. What God did on that third day is the most amazing thing that has ever happened in history. We can't forget it. So throw a parade like they do in Italy. Or uh, break a bunch of clay pots like they do in Greece. Or roll eggs out on the lawn like they do in the United States. Yeah. Just don't forget why you're doing those things. To remind you of how our strong and powerful God brought his only son back to life over 2,000 years ago. I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna go fly a kite. Bye, Kellen. Yeah, see ya, man. Now I'm wishing I was better dressed. Now I'm wishing I had hot cross buns. Oh yeah, hot cross buns, hot cross buns. Fine, okay, fine. Reveal the question. What does Easter mean to you? Talk about how this holiday makes you feel. And the things you do to celebrate it. Happy Easter from The So-and-So Show. They're good. I'm gonna eat one. Hot cross buns. Hot, it tastes better when I sing it. Hot cross buns, hot cross buns. One a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. Give them to your daughters, give them to your sons. One a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. Everyone. See, I told you. <laughs> so, um, now that we've all listened carefully to the story, uh, kids, I want you to help me with this. I'm just going to go to the pictures. If you can tell me what the picture is describing with regards to the Easter story. What's this describing? Pax. Yeah, into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday, a week ago. We talked about that, didn't we? Good job. How about this one? Someone's got their hand up over here. Eleanor. The Last Supper. And they're, they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, they're not, in, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be lying down, but it's close. What's happening here? Yes. Jesus is agonizing in Garden of Gethsemane. So good. What's happening here? Pax. Yeah, he's, that's right. Judas came and said, hey, yeah. He's getting arrested, isn't he? Here? Yeah, by who? Do you know? Do you remember? Yeah, judge. Yeah, that's, that's, that's five points. Yeah, probably Caiaphas. I think that's the priest. How about here? What's going on there? Peter is Peter is the crucified 
Yeah, he's turned into a big chicken, hasn't he? What's happening here? Somebody else? Yeah, he's being beaten by the, the cat of nine tails. They called it flogged. Many times people didn't even survive that. It's a miracle that he even survived that to get to the cross. Well, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Wow. It's pretty powerful, eh, to just reflect on these images and hear the story, even through the cheese factor of the so-and-so show. And uh, what's this? His tomb. And woo! All right. Now, you need to remember that stone because that's going to be part of your traffic question a bit later. So keep that in mind. What's going on here? Who's that? Yeah, Mary Magdalene. And what's happening with her here? Who, she, who did she meet in the garden? Jesus. She was the first person. All right. So Easter is, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. There will be darkness. There's darkness today. A terrible tragedy happened in Sri Lanka. Hundreds of people killed through terrorist attacks. Jesus never said there wouldn't be trouble, but he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. And so our, our bottom line is, whatever happens, remember. Okay, that was a little lame. Let's try it again. Whatever happens, remember. One more time. Whatever happens, remember. All right, so I'd like to tell you one more story, and then we're going to get you into some small groups for a bit before we eat. And the story is related to Easter. But I want you to think about this question for, for a moment. Uh, our so-and-so guys mentioned it already. What does Easter mean to you? Be thinking about that question, okay? Now, C.S. Lewis was an atheist. And one of the reasons he was an atheist was because he was quite knowledgeable in all the religions of the world. Does anybody know what an atheist is? Sophia. Yeah, theist means you is God, so atheist is not God. You basically don't believe in a creator. And he was an intellectual university professor, and he didn't believe in God. And one of the reasons was he said all the religions have a myth of a dying and a rising God. They all do. So what's so special about Christianity? But one of the reasons that he became a Christian is he began to realize that all the religions of the world believed in this myth of a dying and a rising God, but the difference with Christianity is Jesus was a real, historic person who lived in history. So it wasn't just a myth. And so, as he became a Christian, he didn't see Christianity as contradicting other religions. But rather, he saw Jesus as the fulfillment of the hopes of every other religion. Their religion was like kind of their Old Testament, like, like the, the Old Testament is for us in the Bible. Their religion was like an Old Testament, pointing them to Jesus. So I want to give you an example of a legend. And this, I, I offer you this legend by, with the permission of a First Nations uh, nation here in Canada. 
they actually gave me the permission to share this story. So it, it's a real honor. And I should mention that we are on the traditional unceded territory of the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the Tulewatu First Nations people. But this legend comes from the Okanagan Nation, which consists of five major groups that starts in the north part of the Okanagan Valley and goes right down into the US. And I got this from the Osoyoos Nation, where we often go for our summer holidays. And it's, it's a legend entitled, How Food Was Given. So I want to show you how this, uh, this works, what I've, I've shared with you. There was a time before people, the two-leggeds, they used to call them, before two-leggeds came along, before the people came along, when all that existed were the animals, but they knew that changes were coming to the world. They began to sense from the creator that the two-leggeds, the people to come, were coming. And they began to get worried about how these two-leggeds would eat. And they looked around at creation, and they could not figure out. And so they discussed it, and they got together. And the four major chiefs of the plants and the animals, black bear, bitterroot, salmon, and Saskatoon berry. The black bear was the king of all the animals. The salmon was the king of all the sea creatures. The Saskatoon berry was the king of all the plants above the ground, and the bitterroot was the plants, the king of the plants below the ground. And so they had a discussion about how the people to come would be able to eat. And for a long time, they discussed and they thought and they just couldn't come up with ideas. So they looked to Black Bear and they said to the Black Bear, you are the wisest and oldest among us. Would you please tell us? Give us some wisdom as to how to do this. And so Black Bear thought and he pondered and he listened to the Creator. And finally he said, I have an idea. He said, I will lay down my life and I will give myself as food for the people to come. And I will ask all those animals in my kingdom to do the same thing. And then he turned to Salmon and he said, Salmon, what will you do? And Salmon looked at Black Bear and Salmon said, I will also offer my life and lay my life down. And all the sea creatures with me will give ourselves as food for the people to come. And then... They said to uh, Saskatoon Bush, what will you do? Saskatoon Berry said, I will give my berries and my fruit for all the people to come and I will invite everyone that I am king over to do the same. We will give the fruit. And finally they asked Bitterroot, what will you do? And Bitterroot said, I will do the same. I will offer myself and offer my life for those people who are to come. And so this so inspired everyone. And Black Bear said, then I will lay down my life now. I will lay down my life so that everyone can see me as an example. And as the black bear laid down his life, 
all the other plants and the animals began to sing because that's what they did when there was sadness and tragedy and sorrow is they'd all begin to sing. And they sang and they sang over the black bear, but the black bear still was dead. But they continued to sing, but nothing happened. But finally, Fly came along. And Fly started buzzing around Black Bear. And Fly sang, you laid your life down. You laid your body down. You laid your life down. And as Fly sang over the bear, Bear came back to life through the song of the fly. Then the fly told the four chiefs, when the people to be are here, they will take your body for food and they will sing this song and they will cry their thanks with this song. And so for many generations, thousands of years, First Nations would actually sing a song of thanks to the animals. And they would offer, they would offer thanks to the deer or the antelope or the caribou or whoever laid their life down for them. And they would sing and talk to the animals. So this is how food was given to our people. This is how songs were given to our people. This is how giving and helping one another is still taught to our people. And so we have here, with the permission of the Okanagan people, this amazing story of dying and rising that was from immemorial, time immemorial. And we see how that Jesus, again, was the fulfillment of this longing and hope. As I was waking the leaves yesterday in the chapel garden, I saw death from last year. I saw the the, the death of these dying leaves, and they were almost turning into liquid, some of them, as they'd been sitting over the winter in the garden. And yet it was incredible to watch the life that these leaves were bringing. So what I'd like, like us to do is I'd like us to ask this question, what does Easter mean to you today? What does, where do you need hope in the midst of your darkness? Where do you need uh, God to show his resurrection life and his power? And think about just when we go down to eat in a few minutes, think about the death that has occurred so that we can enjoy life together in this shared meal. Think about that, what gave its life for those veggies or those meatballs, or whatever it is you're eating. It's, it's, it's ingrained in all of creation, this theme of death and life again. So I'd like, try to be as intergenerational as you can, and just maybe groups of three or four at the very most, just form a group, and uh, take a few minutes and just go around the group and just say, this is what Easter means for me today. And if you need prayer, if you need hope for some element of what's going on in your life today, then just pray for one another. 
And then we'll call you back in, in just a few minutes, all right?
Good stuff. So, so just holding this theme, um, in, in our prayer time this morning, we were, we were talking about how that there's two things that a garden needs. One is it needs poop, and it brings the, the compost or the, uh, the manure, that, and we brought in piles of poop. That's our ministry. We brought piles of poop into this garden that you see all around us. It, the dump truck has just come and just dumped it. How many felt dumped on this week? Um, so, so poop. And uh, <laughs> one of our children just walked in the door as I said that, and her eyes got really big. Um, so, uh, so poop and and death, uh, decay, dung and decay, dung and decay. It's got a ring to it. I think we could do a rap with that. Dung and decay, dung and decay. Yeah. Scott and I are... We're so white. Let's talk. Okay. Sorry. Um, <sighs> what about pink? Would pink work? <laughs> um... So, think about that in your life right now. Where is there poop and where is there, where is there dung and where is there decay? Where is there death? Where is there just, you know, stuff happens, right? And the resurrection, the resurrection, it's Easter, so I'm not going to say it the way I normally say it. Uh, it's Easter, and Easter tells us that there's resurrection in those places. In those places where it's dungy and it's decay. And so we just, I just want to pray that over you and bless you with, with that as we, as we just wait. We're going we're gonna to go and eat together in a minute, but I just feel the Holy Spirit. Just, some of you just need some hope where there's, where there's those places of decay and, and dung. I just want to thank um, Maria and Sharon for being here today. First time for Maria, maybe second time for Sharon. They're part of the VUM that Gordy and I are privileged to be part of, Vancouver Urban Mission, that has an after-school program every week. And then once a month, we meet to share supper with the parents and grandparents. And um, the story was shared briefly at our last gathering about a man who was suicidal. And he went behind a store, and he was so desperate. And he was um, a man who was struggling with alcoholism, and he had no hope. And the story that was shared by Dave, who was involved with them, and a very key leader in them, um, the man took some kind of barbed wire and he was going to put it around his neck. And imagine being so desperate that you would do that. And a little child ended up going behind the store. The man was actually going to do that. And the little child saw him there and he was so shocked. And the man was so shocked and almost like shocked into realizing that he didn't want to do this in front of the little child. So he stopped. And somehow... Can you remember how Dave, Dave made, made a connection with this man, invited him to the 12-step program in AA, 
and he came to know the Lord. So really there was an intervention there because of a child, because the man had no hope. So I really feel that that kind of represents the urgency sometimes of us just being present to one another, to help one another, just being present, just being showing up and being there and giving a hug or giving a, an encouragement. Because Jesus brought that man, and now apparently that man's going all over the world sharing Jesus because he came out of depression. So let's just be present to each other because you never know what somebody's going through in that, air, that thing of dung and decay. And let's just be present to each other. And even though we're, we're having a party and we're going to be enjoying some good food, uh, just be listening and present and watching for the Holy Spirit at work. Let me say something about those birds. You're hearing them in there. And how many know kind of what's been happening over the last few weeks, usually about the time when church is supposed to be finished, we get a knock, right? If I preach too long, the woodpeckers start pecking away at the window. God sent them. And uh, so we called, a, uh, I hate to call it this, but we called pest control, because that's, that's not real, they're not pests. But of course, it was starting to damage our our, uh, our window frame, and it starts to jeopardize the, uh, the stained glass. So I'm happy to inform you that the, the, the people that are working on these uh, frames are, have won awards for their humane way that they do this. And they have set it up so the, the little ones can have access in and out uh, from the, inside the church where they're growing up right now until the season is over. And then when they flew, flew the coop, uh, they'll finish the repair job. So just to assure you, if any of you are worried about the well-being, because you're going to see work being done on that, uh, they're being taken care of, and we can enjoy their, their worship along with us. Hmm? There, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strain of woodpecker. I forget the name of it. Northern, Northern Flicker or something, maybe. But, uh, yeah. It's, so they're going to be Okay. Hallelujah. So here's what I'd like us to do. I'd like us to transition downstairs and sit down first at the table. If we can all be sitting down first, we're going to say grace there, and then we'll organize to have our meal. So let's take about five minutes to do that. Gloria? Gloria?